It's the Tiltcast, episode 454, His Speed Suit. Swing! And this week, guys, we talk more Battletech, Wasteland 3, and Valheim. Stay tuned. It doesn't make you go fast. Shake that bottle. Shake it. And we're back. It's the Tiltcast. <laughs> yep. Another episode of Season 12. Ooh. It is February 20th at 9.22 p.m. On the new record day. Woo-hoo. And 2021. Hey. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get about an indeterminate number of minutes of bullshit. 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 Some games and some news, and we've been mostly displaying one game, so we're going to talk a little bullshit first. It, it, I guess I should have said it's an M-rated yeah, show, but if yeah. you've heard us before, it's uh, no surprises. Well, I mean, you kind of figured it out with the bullshit. <laughs> I know you guys didn't smell it coming in here, but I had fire chops tonight. Oh. Oh, I was about to say, what did you leave? What kind of bomb did you left, let, let go here? <laughs> I made a mistake because I was cooking without my glasses. What? So, paprika is red. Yes. So is cayenne pepper. Ooh. that's So, a... the level of paprika that I usually use is about four tablespoons on pork chops. Oh, my God. So, I put about four tablespoons of cayenne pepper on my pork chops. Ooh, there's a... Okay. And then I smelled it, and I was like... The dog, like, moved out of the kitchen. She's, like, looking at me, and she keeps, like, sneezing. She's like, what are you doing? Any, any, uh, any pepper spice that starts with the letter C. That's, that, that I learned real early on. I was like, hey, if it starts with the letter C, it's probably hot. Yeah, so my eyes started to water a little bit. And so I just, like, you know, I was, took the end of the spatula, like, wiped it off, put it on my tongue. I was like. Yeah. Oh shit! I just used a whole bunch of cayenne pepper. That's why it wasn't coming out so fast. Uh, so I dumped uh, about four tablespoons of cayenne pepper on the front and back side of both chops. Tried to overcompensate with butter. No. And then tried to compensate with adding actual paprika. No. Nope. And then garlic salt. But then I forgot garlic activates. Yes. Capsaicin. Yep. So they are really, really flipping spicy. Um, they're pretty decent. I started using, I've got some like sugar-free keto, uh, what do you call it, barbecue sauce. And so I dipped them in that to eat it. I've got a pork chop left, so I made it all the way through. But uh, I can tell you these can be some fiery poops. Oh, my God. I can only I fucking imagine, dude. I, I have not made that mistake in a while. Well, I couldn't, like I said, I was had put my glasses down for some reason and I was reaching into there and I just... Saw red and I was like, "Oh, that's most. That's about half full. That must be the paprika." Golly. And just you know, nah, I've I've done something like that. It's but not it like was... you smell it beforehand. I'm not that blind. I mean, but no. I kind of am. But it's not. I don't usually reach into the spice rack without my glasses. <laughs> you need to use big block letters like fucking an old man. Um, it's like a big C on it. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Some something. Just, just like level of hotness. <laughs> well, normally done, I just wear my glasses when I cook. Yeah, I've done that be, before, but it was on purpose, and I was at a Mongolian barbecue, which is, you know, uh, one of those places. If you've never been to a Mongolian barbecue, you go get a fucking empty bowl, go up to like a bar that has raw ingredients, right? You put it in the bowl, you take it to the you know the griller dude, and he's got this massive like. 
walk or basically you know it's huge like a huge walk it's it's a huge flat shield right that they that they cook on and they dump that shit out and here's the dog uh she's and, got a cigar uh, in her mouth and, and uh <laughs> they just flip that shit over and it's extremely hot so everything immediately steams <laughs> the dog's just looking at me like uh, I'm she's keeping her at bay right now. She's got that weird Nyla bone thing in her mouth. It's like she's got a little cigar, a big cigar, right? She saw you talking with her hands, and it looked like and, she was uh, signaling the, for jump on me. And that's that happens every week. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I did this. I went and I found all of the C spices, like all of the spices that start with the letter C. And I put it in the you know you know in the bowl underneath like all the other toppings, and then I put a fuckload of like really hot like pepper sauce on the bottom of it. And it's funny because you think you want that. It's it was it was meant to troll the cook because I I kind of knew the people that were running the place, and I've been there before. So it was meant to flip over onto the grill immediately of. Flash evaporate and pepper spray that guy basically. What an asshole! <laughs> and I I've hope you this. knew him well. I I did. Uh, I and it it did it for the first time it happened. He was like right over top of it. He flipped that fucker over. It's you know flash steamed and pepper sprayed him, and he was like fucking crying, and he just like flipped me off. And uh, you know, and, and then he's like, "All right, motherfucker." And then he cooked it, and he put it in a fucking serving bowl, and he brought it over to my fucking table. He set it down, and he says, I'm not leaving until you eat that plate. <laughs> you, you're going to do this to me? You're going to fucking eat it. And, uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, shit, what did I do myself? Put a fork in it. The fork melted. It was that fucking hot. <laughs> One... One fucking bite of that was like enough to like. I was like, I'm done. All right, I'm I'm not I'm no longer hungry. I can't even taste my yeah. You know, I can't even taste my taste buds at this point. I can't it even was, taste my tongue. It was bad. It was like it was fire, dude. It was crazy. Uh, so the next time I come in, the fr- the first fucking thing I do is I'm like, you know, I wave at the guy. He's there, and he just fucking rolls his eyes. Goes back to doing what he's doing, right? I come up with my bowl, and this is just a normal bowl, right? Just a normal, like, you know, normal stir fry. Nothing hot about it, right? And he takes the bowl from me, and he says, hold on a second. Puts the bowl down, goes in the back, comes back with fucking goggles on. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not doing this twice. And he flips it over, takes a sniff, and he's like, ah, okay. And takes the goggles off. He's like, you're an asshole. But you've learned your lesson. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> so I don't I don't fuck around with you know with spices that start with the letter C. That's for damn sure. I've got- I have what well, and truth be told, I probably would have used about a tablespoon between the two of them, and that would have given a good kick. Like I love cayenne. I usually yeah. go through you know, uh, whatever one of those things are, a shaker of that about every two months. Okay, yeah. So I, it lasts a little bit my, longer for me. But. Cayenne on my eggs. I mean, use cayenne on steak, which actually is pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially um, if you get it nice and smoky. Mm. But yeah, 
Um, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting Sunday. Uh, we are recording on Saturdays now. Yes. Yes. Um, as so- schedules, my schedule has changed, and uh, I had advised Rusty that I did not think that he could get here early enough. To offset it. <laughs> I'm a fucking vampire. I don't come out when it's laid out. <clears throat> because I was going to ask him to come here two hours earlier because I'd be getting off three hours earlier. Yeah. It's it's a struggle for me to actually get up before, you know, a certain period of time. Will you stop, you cute little shit? She just needs you to ma- to mount you and she'll see how you hear. You hear the excitement? <laughs> it's you. Oh, she's very excited. She knows what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. She's grabbing a hold of my hands and everything. She's like, I want you now. Oh, my God. You why? better you better oh. let it happen. What, why are you licking my palm? She's asking for permission. Okay. Well, we're just going to let it happen then. Continue. So, i got to ask, Jason. Why are you wearing a headband? Is this 1984? No, this is really the gator that I use as a mask. I'm just... Uh, it, it was uncomfortable down here. Oh, so you, you're wearing a headband now. Yeah. I just yeah. I just feel like I the Tiger should be playing as you walked in. <laughs> and that's all it was. It was like two seconds. Come and in. And it was around my neck when I walked in. It's, so speaking that's of great. that, I finally finished Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah, I uh I season I three. Finished that too. Um That's really good. That I'm Mad about how it ended because it leads into another season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's doing that well that you're like, uh, we'll probably get away with it. Yeah, uh, the fight scene and the consequences of the fight scene was uh, it was pretty heavy. So yeah, I, I'm 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 ready for another another. It's a really good show. Yeah, I'm ready for another season of that. I need to see how that continues. Yeah, the uh, we got all the way to the last. Me and Jessica got all the way to the last episode before she left, and then on Valentine's Day, because she couldn't come down here, I watched it and she watched it, so that we have it finished. Got it. So we have like watch party going on, sorta. Just something now that we can talk about it because she's like, "Have you have you finished it?" It's like, "No." She's like, "Can we finish it today?" Yeah. So we could talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we can finish it. Yeah. That. Netflix and chill without the chill. Well, uh, <laughs> right, right. Now that's that's actually a thing that's uh, that's popped up on streaming video services. I've noticed it now is you can do like group watch parties from everybody's house, so you can watch the same show at the same time and talk about it. Um, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like you would not think that that actually tried that part yet, but. You, we might need to sometime soon. Yeah, I mean that that works for you know for your guys' situations for sure. It's just um, you know nobody's up when I'm up, so I never use that shit unless unless I'm talking to one of my buddies over in Aussie Land down under. Uh, I have been. It's like what a fourteen hour difference from here or something like that. In the future, pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. It's it's basically the opposite of my schedule so it's their day when it's my night and you know we just it, it just works for us <laughs> so uh most of the game you know most of the time i'm gaming with people who are on the other side of the planet because of my schedule but 
you know, fun times. Let's say something else that I, I just discovered. This is super uh, in the adult spectrum, but uh, my Keurig was starting to taste a little weird. And then it broke. And then I started doing more research on it. So if you don't know this, throw your fucking Keurig away. So what happens is the water in the tubes sits in the tubes and molds. If you don't use it every day. Even if you use it every day, it doesn't push all the water out even when it's empty. Really? So I found this little uh, coffee pot that was also does the same thing, right? Uses pods. That was cheaper. And that where this came from was I was trying to like justify buying a new coffee maker versus getting the part. Because eventually, originally I was like, oh, the, the needle broke. But I got to get the whole assembly right. for like 45 bucks. Yeah, fuck that shit. And so I started looking at alternatives and started reading reviews, and that was what led me down the trail of why it was a better coffee maker than a Keurig, and it was because it literally empties out all the water every time you use it. Or, or, or you know, you could just be like a, a normal person and, you know, make your coffee the old-fashioned way. <laughs> well, only you're going to drink one cup at a time. You can make one cup at a time. It's pretty fucking easy, actually. Uh, regardless of that, I do like the pods. Jessa sends me pods all the time for different flavors or whatever. Um, and she likes them too, but it's like called a Chulix or something like that. It's that little aqua thing that I got out there that you may or may not have seen. I haven't seen it. It must be small. about a third the size of the Keurig. Mm, You dump the water from your cup in the top and it spits all of that water, 100% of all the liquid back in your cup. And it's a perfectly clear... Cup of coffee every single time. Okay, well, and tastes pristine every single time. That that's that's great. Yeah, I mean it's also fairly new, so it won't get the funky, you know, funky taste. Well, but I'm just saying, like, that's like one of the major selling points is there's very little hose in it, and the pump continues to push water out until there's literally nothing left in it, or as close to that as you possibly can get. She's like, oh, rusty. Yes. Please. Yes. Yes. She has. She has moved on. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. The. Uh. Yeah. Coffee makers, man. It's. It's a. It's a thing. I have a Keurig, and I don't. And I haven't like used it in a while, and I'm afraid to now because it's like, it's been a while. You should at this point. You should run like a shitload of vinegar through it. I have. I have uh, run cleaner through it and everything. It's it's just basically it's too much for me because well it's a full on Keurig right. It's got its uh, got its water tank and whatnot. And I don't go through coffee like coffee is a uh, a flavor thing, not a necessity for me. Um, so you know, so I would be more served by what you have is like one cupper, you know. Yeah, it was even um, on Amazon sale, so the price was after tax at $35. Yeah, see, I I would be probably better off getting one of those instead of, you know, holding on to the Keurig that I've got. Uh, or, I mean, if I'm going to be making a cup of coffee, I, I'll either use, you know, just, you know, like a gravity brew, or you could do... Uh, or you could just do a French press, which I've done plenty of times. One uh, other random thing, and this is another old man thing. So 
I don't know if you saw it out there, but I've got, I found these armrests. So I deal with mouse shoulder a lot. And Rusty knows this because we look, let's play a controller game. Right. And, and the reason I say that is because I'm on my computer all day, right? Shoulders getting all jacked up the whole time. And it gets on my back is where it hurts. And my neck is where it hurts. You just need to work on your ergonomics. So, well, that's what I'm doing. Yes. So there's a, a clamp that clamps on the end of wherever your mouse is at and has a rest on it that puts your arm at the same angle as that mouse because what the way I'm doing it right now is kind of like floating my arm over it. Right. Right. Not, which there's no good way for me to do it in here without buying another desk. Right. But if you can find it, it's a floating armrest, 10 bucks on Amazon. Really? Yeah. I can sleep a whole night without my shoulder hurting the whole night. Well, that's good. If you've been working on computers for 30 years like I have, mm-hmm. man, that sounds long. I mean, literally since I was about less than 10 years old, but really, re- I've had a computer job more or less for the most of my adult life. I could say about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of Since I was 18. Boat. Yeah. Since I was 18. I've had, yeah. I've had a few jobs where it was manual labor, but I've been working on using a computer for this whole time. Yeah. I had a couple of years where I worked at a KFC, so <laughs> there was that. Yeah, I installed um, windows and doors and delivered plumbing supplies and worked at Arby's and my grandfather's tamale restaurant. But there you go. But it was, uh, but after that, it was basically sat down and work on a computer. Got it. Uh, yeah, I've got like a knot in my forearm from that, right? I've right. got, this is what happens when you get old. <laughs> you start to break down. You do. <laughs> You now, use a you use a a part of your body a lot. It starts to wear out faster than everything. Now, for the fucking like uh, know, six or seven years where I was playing like World of Warcraft religiously, um, I uh, I went out and I purchased a desk that had a return on it. And now, if you're a com- you know if you're computer gaming or you get a computer uh, computer desk, you generally don't get one that has a return, which is all that is is basically a side desk, you know, so it's kind of uh, it, it'll either sit perfectly into a corner or it will act as kind of like an open cubicle if you have it in an office setting. Right. Yep. Uh It's just a little side desk, but it was on the right hand side where my mouse, uh, mouse arm was. And I would set my arm on the return and use that to uh, uh, to level my arm for my mouse hand so that I could keep the strain off of my shoulder. Because when you play WoW as much as I did, uh, your arm gets fucked immediately almost. (laughs) So this is where my, uh, uh, where my habits of, uh, gaming in my living room on a laptop or on a monitor that sits on my lap. Yeah comes in real handy because i don't get that mouse shoulder from gaming because i'm in my laptop with my arm at the right angle on the rest at the right angle leaned back so all the pressure is off of my shoulder yeah yes that's where that comes from. Well, I'll just give it a few more years. We'll all be fucking in gamer pods, basically fucking hooked up to catheters and fucking jacked right in. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, just, yeah. 
and we wouldn't be able to get out of our chair if I if we wanted to because everything just creaks. Uh, <laughs> I've been for the last year or so been really addicted to the that YouTube channel, Viva La Dirt League. Yes, they've got some good stuff on this. Well, they they get they they kind of get the whole uh, aging gamer thing. That's for sure. <laughs> I think they're about the same age we are. <coughs> they are. Yeah, and of course, I mean the set piece that they use, you know, for uh, for Playtech, which is actually a actual you know, store, an actual store in uh, New Zealand, um, where they record everything. You know, it's it kind of also gets that retail vibe, which every one of us around the tables actually dealt with, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure about you, yep. but I know about you. <laughs> um, it reminds me of Circuit City. It, it well, you you spent time at that place too, huh? My uncle was a salesman there. Oh, oh! My early computer builds were all done by me and him. Well, well, I was a TV and sound system salesman at uh, at, at Circuit City. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's Circuit City hadn't been around for about twenty years. It's, no, it's it really has it been twenty years? Yeah, something and like that. Comp, comp USA for about fifteen. No, there was 18. a no. CompUSA was around a little bit. Are I would say sure? fifteen. Are you sure? Because that seems yeah. like a long ass time. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Um. No. It. No. You're. You're. Wait. Not Circuit right. City's yeah. still around. Circuit City is an online store only. You don't get. You. You don't see any uh, brick and mortar stores for them anymore. Oh wait. It was consolidated into Tiger Direct. Yep. <laughs> yep. Explains so much. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was, uh, in the spectrum of, uh, technology companies or technology stores, it was pretty low. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, as a, uh, as an insider, I could tell you that, man, man, the, the dude that I sold an, uh, the, um, uh, DLP TV to, uh, when that was new technology, it was like a like a sixty inch DLP TV for like ten k. Eh, he's regretting every moment of that sale. I'm sure. Please, uh, he probably he probably got like the ten thousand dollar like, LED TV after that, and the ten thousand dollar OLED after that. And, it's possible. I mean, that guy I could mean, probably be you know just just happiest fucking tits right now. But um, but the the this the situation for for me was that was a big sale. We didn't get commission. Fuck that. He's like, yeah. it's a good sale. So basically, I skated by for the rest of the month because I had all my sales numbers in one sale. <laughs> um, yeah. They, 2008 was when they started closing all the stores. Really, 2008. Well, that was that was 13 years ago. Golly, uh, yeah. But I got out way before then. It was right around. Well, actually, the reason why I got out of there was I broke my leg, uh, and when I broke my leg, I called my boss and said, "Hey, I broke my leg, dude." It's like CompUSA is actually where I bought the first Half Life game. I bought my first Half Life game at GameStop. Um, CompUSA lasted till 2012. But yeah, man, I broke my fucking leg. I called my boss. My boss said, 
No, dude, do you have a wheelchair or something? It was CompUSA was also bought out by Tiger Direct. Yeah, of course. That's why Tiger Direct sucks. <laughs> my uh, my boss said, "Do you have a wheelchair?" And I'm like, "No, I can't afford a wheelchair. I've got like these fucking rinky dink pair of crutches that I could probably fucking hurt myself on right now because I'd never walked on crutches before, right?" Uh, and he's like, "No, no, get yourself a wheelchair. No, seriously." Get yourself a wheelchair and come into work. And I'm like, I just fucking broke my leg, dude. This sucks. Like, it hurts, you know? At that point, I mean, it was unset. It was in a cast, but it was unset. I had to have surgery to get it fixed. Uh, and I was still waiting on the surgery. But he wanted me to work in a wheelchair. And he said, it'll get you sympathy sales. That's what he what said to me. He's like, it'll get you sympathy sales if you work in a wheelchair and you're still knowledgeable about what you you know what you're selling. It'll get you sympathy sales. These people will buy from you because you are in a wheelchair. And I'm like, that is fucking backhanded and weird, and I I don't even feel comfortable about that. Like what you're telling me does not even feel comfortable. And uh, and I'm like. No, no, I I put in my fucking resignation like right then because I was like, A, I can't fucking work. My leg's broken. B, I'm going to have to go into surgery. And at that time, I didn't know whether or not I was going to keep the leg because it was broken. Should have just so gotten fired and got unemployment. Well, I had already had another job lined up and you know kind of where that was. Um, yeah. But the, uh, you know, that was, that was... Yeah, it was not a great paying job, and it was not really good for for anybody. I felt really bad about that job. Like, every day, I would sell these TVs to people, and I'd feel like, dog shit, dude. I felt dirty. I was like, man, I am one, one step away from the used car salesman at this point. I feel really bad about this. I couldn't do it. So, yeah, that was at that moment I said... No, not retail and definitely not sales. So flipping <laughs> this around a little bit, Jason, did you end up getting to do anything for uh, Valentine's? So um, our Valentine's was basically making this uh, big extravagant breakfast for the family and then me preparing for the... Uh, for the drive through the snowstorm to work the next morning. Yeah, because that was the middle of what was going on. We were preparing for it last week, <laughs> but it happened. I, uh, when I was talking about Cobra Kai, right? Like me so, and I, Jessica couldn't do anything. Luckily it ended up being several inches less snow. It didn't than matter. What was forecasted. It didn't matter. But, it Everybody was, around here treated it like a fucking apocalypse. Hey, it was bad. I mean, now, there are some people I know um, that have were without gas for thirty six hours. No, I get it. I understand. There was some. There was some people here, and there was rolling blackouts. Some people had their fucking heaters to, uh, turned on, and uh, so high that there was gas outages. There was power outages. There was rolling blackouts. Uh, we didn't. It get was near negative twenty five wind chill. We didn't get it near as bad as Texas did, where their basically their entire power grid went fucking down. But yeah, but theirs was more ice issues and the extreme cold. Yeah, basically what happened in Texas is all of the ice froze all of the wind farms, which immediately cut nearly a quarter 
worth of the state's power generation. That and they don't and have outside. Really? Uh, she's like, I wanted that particular and fucking toy. They also had issues with natural gas production. Well, because that, of it. Well, they don't have outside power connections. They have a segregated power grid. So when their power went down, they couldn't ship power in from anywhere else because they they're gonna have they're gonna have yeah. all sorts of weird issues after this. I've seen some pretty crazy things about some of the power bills. Right, right. This, yeah. I'm I'm curious as to what happens here with some of that too. But well, yeah, well, it, it wasn't really good, as bad here. The no. good part is here. Um, the Oklahoma Corporation Commission. Uh, is going to say they can't gouge us? <laughs> is, yeah. Like, so, you did use more energy, so you pay for the more energy, but you're not going to pay several yeah. thousand times there, the price? There will be price increases that come at some point for our natural gas, but it's not going to be near as crazy as what some of the te- people in Texas are going to yeah, deal with. But the, it was, yeah. the reason it was bad to me, too, like, I know you're from up north, Rusty, but I have a naked dog. Mm-hmm. And my naked dog got her nethers frostbit. <laughs> and I was feeling horrible. She she froze. She froze she, her cooch. She, she and you know what I had to do? So, A, I had to go out there and clear a patch of snow with a rake in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah, because I didn't want to dig into the dirt with a shovel. I don't have a snow shovel. Right? So I cleared snow of the rake so she had a patch to go, and then she wouldn't be, like, completely <laughs> bare-cooched inside snow taking a dump or peeing. And then I had to p- apply aloe to the dog and violate her every day for, like, three days. And that felt horrible for both parties involved. I felt awful because you'd have to, like, lift her tail, and she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? I mean, she's not going to bite me, but she's, like, looking at me and wagging her tail really fast and running all over the place. And she's, like, trying to play keep away with my hands because she doesn't want that. But as soon as she saw me with, like, some toilet paper and putting aloe on it, she's like, oh, fuck. Oh, uh, there it is. And then she's, like, super irritated with it for, like, and this is, like, every day, multiple times a day, uh, every time she's having to go out there because she was getting frostbit in her nether regions. That's, and that's, it sucks. I, I'm laughing, but it's just... Like a, I had to put it on her paws and everything else because, like, when I was talking to a guy that I work with, and he's got a little bitty, like, chihuahua-sized dog. It's a chihuahua mix, right? He's like, I felt bad, too, because I let him out. And he went out there, and he started crying, and he started licking his paws, and then he couldn't pee. So I, like, held my dog out at arm's length and just let him whiz. It's like... <laughs> And the dog just the dog's like, he's okay, like, it's got to happen. And I told him my idea about clearing the patch, and he's like, I'm going to do that. I felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a pee cannon. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, like everybody's trying to get their pets acclimated to what to do, right? And, you know, poor old Lola, I don't have any sweaters, and well, she will not wear the boots that Jessa bought her. Like, she doesn't, she doesn't even high step in them. Like, she's just like, fuck this. She just like, takes her mouth and just pulls them off. She's like, fuck this shit. I'm not going to look like a ridiculous animal out here. Oh, my gosh. These, these, the southern animals are like, they, they've either never seen snow in their lives uh, or have never experienced any kind of cold like this. And Well, they got the, out there, you know, she's not a real big dog, but like it was past her shoulders. So she was like tunneling through the snow. Oh. 
And I was just, that's why I felt so bad when she did the first time. I was like, I got to do something right now. So I just started, I got on my gear, which I don't even have a real coat. So I got on like a hoodie and two t-shirts and some like camo sweatpants and some boots. I mean, I went out there and just started raking snow in the fucking cold. Yeah, it was, it was cold. I I will, I will admit that you were like, I'm leaving my computer on. So it keeps my apartment warm. I, it's a fucking space heater as it is. I mean, the way that I've got it set up, it does heat the house. Um, especially if I'm playing games, but like it was colder than here than it was in my friend's house in Anchorage. It was, yeah, it was colder here than, you know, my, my parents place up in Michigan for, you know, for a good portion. These of houses aren't set up for that. No, it was negative 12 base, uh, you know, without no wind, wind chill for like know, two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. It so was pretty bad. It was cold enough that despite me starting my truck and running it twice on Sunday and twice on Monday. Oh, that reminds me. I got to figure out what to do with the car. It'll probably start now. My, my battery got too cold in my truck on Tuesday morning when I went to try to start it to run it for 10 minutes. And it just wouldn't fire up. And it just won't fire up. I had to bring that battery in and I waited until Thursday afternoon when I got home from work before I reinstalled it. And it started right up. Yeah, it it's just the battery the freezes. Ba- the battery gets the lead acid in the battery will freeze eventually. Yeah, yeah. eventually. Well, my car started so. right up. I was like, yeah, I I had already had you know all the shit planned out. Like I knew what I needed to do to make sure that my car was winterized in a in in the I guess the best sense of the word I guess is winterize it because. Uh, your gas lines will freeze. Uh, if there's any condensation in your gas line, uh, that'll freeze up. Uh, it could cause problems with, you know, getting your car started, uh, or keeping it running. Uh, so, you know, you treat your gas, you know, with, you know, some product like fucking heat to get rid of the, uh, uh, condensation. Uh, you make sure that you keep the car running. Uh, as much as you, you know, as much as possible every, you know, every so often, to, you know, start the car for 10 minutes, let it do its thing. My remote start will let me do that twice until I have to go sit it and sit in the fucking car, which sucked. It was like, okay, it's, it's time. I had to go out in the middle of the fucking middle of the night when it's coldest, wind fucking blowing, car won't, you know, could car wouldn't fucking start up remote start, and I had to go sit in the fucking cold-ass car for ten minutes waiting for it to fucking warm up. Um, but, I mean, I've, I've dealt with this shit before. It's not what I like. I it actually felt downright to- balmy outside today in the 40s. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was, it got up to like 47, uh, I think. Well, today, but just the other day when it was like, you know, 25 degrees and still below freezing, my coworker and I was standing outside vaping going, well, it doesn't seem nearly as fucking cold as it was a couple of days ago. And I'm like, a couple of days ago it was negative nine degrees outside. So, yeah. Unless they gave me shit for my wife buying. One of those Carhartt-like, you know, insulated uh, jumpsuits, right? Yeah. Is his uh, speed suit. Yeah. Yeah. So, here's the thing about that work suit, though. 
Yeah. I put that fucker on with a coat. Yeah. And when I left my house Monday morning at 4.50 a.m., did I feel any of that negative 23 wind chill? No. <laughs> no. You had toasty balls. I felt none of it, which was good because it took until I was a mile away from work mm -hmm. before the car was even warm. My car didn't even get that far. Like, you know, if you go and you look at the temperature gauge on your car, right? Uh, this is how cold it was around here at the height of this. I had to go into work, which is about a, you know, it's not a very long drive. But mind you, I've had the car running for 20 minutes at this point, trying to warm it up. Uh, and I get in the car and it's like a seven or eight mile drive. And normally, under normal circumstances, that heat gauge goes up to about halfway and, you know, it starts blowing heat in the, you know, in the car. It never even fucking got off the floor. Rusty, know? it's a 124 degree difference from what it was in July. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> There's a big swing. <laughs> that is a huge swing. Um, and. And I was making jokes about like fucking snownadoes and shit like that. And we oh, had we a got an earthquake. Well, yeah, we got an earthquake the other day. We had a snowquake. Um, it was yesterday morning. Yep. And I felt all of it in my office chair. I, well, yeah, but you're like, like forty stories up. Yeah, but even that building, the way that the way that they built that tower, so they built it to withstand. Because it's also a hospital. They built it to withstand earthquakes and up to a F4 tornado. So I mean, n most of the quakes that happen that Tulsa feels, we never notice it inside the building. This one was closer than most of those and apparently shallower because it only happened a couple miles down. Yeah. We felt all of that one. I like the I building vibrated. I yeah, Lola like... Lola was like all alert and then going all over the house while it was going you know, it only lasted for like five seconds, but I didn't feel like it. and then I'm just sitting here in my chair and you can't see me because it's a podcast, but right. just like I was like, Do I have restless leg? And I was like, I put my foot to the ground, I was like, Nope, that's an earthquake. That oh. was weird. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel a thing. You want to know why I don't feel a thing? Because I live in an apartment and my shit just fucking rumbles randomly anyway. <laughs> like, well, if I my first thought it was like apartment fucking like starts beating on the fucking wall. I could think it's an earthquake or not. I don't know. We had one oh, about nine years ago, back what twenty twelve, I think. Yeah, and we were actually doing something we used to do called the Gauntlet. We were playing Left for Dead. And me and Holly and Trent are all sitting on the floor, like playing at my apartment, right? And it just, and I wasn't even drunk or anything, but like it was rolling. That one is the one that I actually felt like an earthquake to me. And that's the last time I remember thinking, wow, the ground feels like it's a wave. That one was the one that we walked into the house. I was living with Jason yeah. at the time. And we walked into the house. And as soon as we walked in the door, we started seeing shit shaking on the fucking walls and stuff. And they're like, wait, this is a fucking earthquake. It was like a... That Basically, one, one of my wife's... Uh, bookcases. Um, bookcases basically fell over. Yeah. 
I was like, wow, that on was that one. Big one. One of the ones with rocks in it. No, no, no. that was that one had. I mean, it had like had books in rocks. It. it had like cookbooks and shit in it. But I mean, it the bookcase doesn't even stand as, as tall as uh right our little cubby here. It it's about like your cubby over there, right? So it's right. about four. It's about five feet tall, but it's very shallow. It's only. It's only like twelve inches deep, so it's not extremely sturdy. Yeah. But that one vibrated enough that it nearly fell on my wife's dog. And I'm like, when we walked in the door, I was like, "Wow, this is that was that was the first one that I had actually like felt." You know, uh, otherwise, earthquakes. I mean, the small ones around here, they just we just shake some shit up, you know, but. I'm always surprised by him because I'm like, wait, <clears throat> that's not supposed to be shaking. <laughs> you know, everything else is just like, you know, you know it's par for the course. I I used to live right near a fucking, uh, uh, right near a highway when I was growing up. So my house shaking was a, a, a normal occurrence when a fucking semi drove by because we were no more than maybe, you know, 50 feet away from the fucking road. Uh, right. with the house so yeah i mean the house shaking was just a normal thing so i'm not nearly as sensitive to these things as most people so it wasn't close enough here to feel it like this but i guess we're talking about it, and of course it shows up on my social media uh, it was a 4.8 4.8 wow i mean that's not a small one you know uh yeah so we here in oki uh, but this we, was we get that, snowquakes. Yeah, but that was forty miles north northwest of Enid. So if you know how far that is, that's not too far uh, away from here. No, that's one hundred and seven miles north northwest of Oklahoma City, which is already ninety miles away. We felt something from like almost two hundred miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here it's like a two something, but there four point eight we would have definitely felt definitely yeah. It's oh my god! You're so, you're so. Luckily, most of our quakes happen in fairly uh, remote areas. Remote areas, so there's not a whole lot of property damage or or personal injury or anything like that. Just let her jump on you. <laughs> she has to do it again. You guys don't realize this, but you're her friends. <laughs> Gianna came by for a few minutes today while I was working and said hi. She had to get some stuff. And Lola was just like completely beside herself. So what you don't know is that I shouldn't have said her name, but the kid, um, <laughs> anyway, she rescued Lola. So it was her and her mom that rescued Lola. Yeah. So it, uh. Lila has a special bond with the two of them, even more so. Like, when Jess is here, Lila forgets I exist. Um, <laughs> when the kid's here, Lila forgets I exist. Right. Because they pulled her out of the cage. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's definitely that's definitely a thing. Like, you know, she remembers. Well, she really loves me for some reason. She This is like the, <laughs> the second or third time she's jumped up on my chest just to say hi. Um, that's... And that's the thing; she will not leave me alone unless you know, unless that happens. She just jumps up on me. Uh, but yeah, man. If you guys want to know what Lola looks like, I posted her. I am bread 
picture is what I call it. <laughs> she makes ponchos because she chews holes in her blankets and puts her face through them. Oh, yeah. Well, so that is on Twitter right now if you need to see what the pup looks like. Do- doggy ponchos, yeah. She is uh, she is super, super duper cute and she just absolutely loves me. And apparently because she's deaf, if I'm gesturing with my hands, she's like, oh, you want to you, you want to interact with me. Uh, and she comes right over. So I have to right. keep my hands like hidden from her for for us to have any kind of peace around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured that was appropriate as Andrea she is. Yeah. She's, she's super duper cute. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, fucking like. We, so this, the this, snow happened. And it created a lot of opportunity for us to not be completely cabin fevered. Because I haven't left this house in two weeks. Yeah, you, you really I'm going do to tomorrow. To. Yeah, you need to get yeah. the fuck out. I got to get a haircut. But, um, yeah, anyways, that meant that we did play some video games. All of us have been playing a little bit of Battletech. Rusty's been playing a lot of Battletech. I mean. He hasn't been sleeping. I, I looked at your, when did you, what day did you start playing? It was right after the podcast last week. You got this much time in since the podcast? I mean, not much happened in the way of work because of. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Right? Five days. What's 60 divided by five? I mean, 12. That's 12 hours a day. There was a couple days where I have left it on, though. I mean... That's fair. You know, there's there's the thing where, you know, you you don't necessarily are you, if if you go and buy steam numbers it's just how long you've had the game booted up that's true it has no way of determining if you're actually doing anything on the game right so but that being said you still have about 60 hours of gameplay in and i can tell by what you've told me cuz you said oh i've got an atlas and i got a king crab i haven't gotten an atlas yet oh okay so you got a king crab i did get a king crab but i didn't get an atlas well, close enough uh, I mean, I haven't found any of the, you know, the, the lost tech stuff. Like I only have one lost tech thing. Uh, but I mean, if you. Rusty's it, at the point where he's got Highlanders and King Crabs. Yeah. I've got a. Which two, means he's very close to the end of the game. Three Highlanders. Okay. Uh, you're very close to the end of the game. Three Highlanders, one King Crab and, uh, a couple Cyclopses, which they suck. Um, and. Yeah, and like, here I am thinking I'm doing good because I'm still fairly early in game and already have a couple of centurions. Uh, yeah, I eat centurions for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> well, I showed Jason a trick on how to kit out some stuff that's mid-tier that's very much within his range right now. Showed him the, the Brawl Hawk. Yep. yep. Right? If you can find some like high damage. If I can damage find the arm mod, I'll be good to go. I mean, I think base damage is like 80, which is really fucking high. I used the Shadowhawk for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it I already, got, it got already two without an arm mod, it will already melee backstab something pretty damn good. But it also can fit SRMs on it. I think you can get basically an up to 12 SRMs on it. Yeah. Um, you can put auto cannons on it or LBX cannons on it. Like, you can kind of use it as a long-range missile boat, and it's okay. The Centurion, one of them, at least whatever variant has the most um, missile spots, actually does pretty good as an LRM boat early on, because it's mine's got the AC-2 double, UAC, and 
LRM30 essentially on it right now, yep. which is a pretty decent for a fucking Centurion. Or you can turn it into a Brawl cert, Brawl, Brawl, whatever. Yeah. Brawler. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing. When I when I uh, left the podcast last week, I, uh, I, I said that Battletech mm. was one of those games mm. that I had never really even got uh, gave a chance, right? I played it for maybe like 15 hours, 20 hours beforehand, uh, and it was really slow. And I didn't, you know, and I never, you know, installed any of the expansions or saw any of the, you know, any of the other stuff. It was just really, really slow. And I was really not impressed with, like, missing all of my shots. You know, you start off the game kind of sucking. Well, that's um, the point. You start off sucking ass. Right. So, like, you've got the Blackjack, which is the best mech that you could possibly get at that moment. And that was, and I never really progressed past that. On my first playthrough, uh, and you can make the blackjack semi-respectable. Yeah, I mean it's not a bad for a precision mech. shot mech. It's it's all right. It's, it's not a brawler, that's for damn sure. Right, it's not a bad mech. It's just not like it. It was a combination of your you know your pilot skill sucking and uh, you know and the mech just not having a lot of options, uh, but. As you progress through the you know through the game, it gets way better and way easier to do shit. Uh, that is just it's it makes it way way funner. Um, and then as the, soon as the, the appeal of the game is to continually customize and min max those mechs until they're good, right? And then as soon as you find something that works, which is most definitely not just the stock options that you get with those, like it gives you a suggestion on how to build something. Uh, when you get familiar enough, though, you start to branch out from that and come up with much better solutions. Right. And that's when you start getting into, like, the, uh, you know, the, you know, the Shadowhawks uh, or the... Um, like the weird Brawlhawk thing or, like, for me, I was showing Jason I got a dragon, which I finally found that's, like, the biggest mech I have right now. But I got a dragon with an AC-20 on it, right? A dragon's a fast mech. An AC-20 is a really big shot. It's a pretty good backstabber right now. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, precision shot mech. Yeah. And or, very, very simply precise, but, like, that tool is a very blunt instrument. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like a you lot think, of Like, you stuff. think, like, to give more examples, right? Like, there's one called a hunchback, and you think you want a hunchback really bad. And then you realize a hunchback has really low armor on its arms. It has really low mobility on its weapons. It can fit a lot of weapons on it for an early it's medium like mech. eight mediums or something like that. But you realize that it's more of like a shotgun. It spreads out all the damage. It's hard to precision shot with like eight medium lasers. And it overheats like crazy and it's slow as fuck. Yeah. And so you you kind of like do okay with it as a backstabber. At, you put a bunch of jump jets and heat sinks, and then you compromise your weapon system so you can get the mobility, but it's still not that great. So you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do something like a SRM uh, Griffin, which is another mech that does it really well at jumping. Yes. And has a lot of SRM options. Or you get a Kentaro, and then you realize Kentaros suck with heat, but you can fit a lot of missiles on them, and until you can manage the heat, though, they're kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. So yep, it's... that's... But it takes... The game's set up in a way where it's like, here's a main mission, but you need to build up to get to that spot. Right. So start playing missions, right? And it doesn't give, it doesn't hold your hand and say, this is what you need to do. And it's like I was showing Jason. It's like, 
So the map has filters that show you where to find different stuff so you know what you're going to get out. It is still a random roll, right? But it's like you go to the mining area to get autocannons, right? That's where I was finding my ultra autocannons, which are autocannons that do two shots. So, you know, like that's if I needed a kid autocannon, I'm going to go to that star system and I'm going to do a couple missions there and buy some more weapons and then move to the next star system and just continue to kit my shit out. But the appeal is, is that you continue to get better stuff. You continue to sell stuff, continue to get cooler weapons and cooler loadouts. And then you do the missions, then you just keep moving on. And then the true joy is when you get in campaign mode and then it's super Pokemon. Yeah, you mean, I mean, uh, uh, career mode, career mode. Yeah. But the campaign's good, but the career mode is the, the core gameplay loop is good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I spend... That's why I have 430 hours in it. Yeah, right. I, I've been spending a lot of time in the career mode, just kind of going through and collecting. Um, because there's a point in the game where it's like, uh, you... Yeah, so I'm not going to spoil anything for the story, but there is a point in the game where it says, you need to have two lances uh, available. And I'm like, that means that you need to have eight pilots ready with you know with eight mechs fully kitted so that you can you know take that mission on well you're going to also run into when you get into career mode with flashpoints for most of those are three mission missions with no chance to repair right which means you need a full mech bay of mechs three full teams right um at a certain weight class which means you're going to go into some of those battles a little bit damaged yeah, that's that's that sucks. There's there's a few of those uh, those missions that force you to keep certain mechs in storage. There's like you have only so many tons that you can drop, you know, Which, and, like, and that's how it restricts you from just being super overpowered in something. It's like you can have so many tons, which is so many pounds of mech, right, that you can throw at this mission before it stops you. Or there'll be missions where it's like, okay, well, you're going to be, like, watching over these recruits or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And it'll throw three, like, super light bullshit mechs, and you better have a really good mech. An urban urban mech. I had three fucking urban mechs alongside (laughs) alongside my Highlander. (laughs) And it was, like, one assault mech and three fucking urban mechs that have AC-10s on it. And it's, like, one-shot ponies, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and Urban Max are a special kind of tr- trash can. They're a walking trash can. That's all they are. They are a walking trash can with one good gun. That's it. You know, it's funny, though, if you ever play Mech Warrior 5, is the cool thing about an Urban Mech, if you kit it right, especially with, you know, like tonnage restrictions and things like that, is they can spin on a 360 with their torso. So you can set them at max speed, which is usually like 45 or something slow as shit. Um, but you can keep moving in a direction with them and just continue to fire in all directions, essentially. Or a walking turret. Yeah, it's a walking turret, and that's <laughs> all they are. Um, but it's, uh, it is kind of funny to play with them because of, because of that feature. And there's occasionally, like with the other game I got, is I've got an urban mech that's kitted out with, you know, it's like a, what is it? Is AC-10 burst fire is what I got on it. And that's it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they only can amount one gun, like one good gun. And they might have, I think they have a support gun, but if you get anywhere close to even being able to use that, 
Well, it's like it's already dead. I was telling these guys one of the early tricks for the game is so I got a fire starter, right? And most variants of fire starter has a lot of hard points, especially for a light mech, and the support light point hard points. So you could put shitload of flamers and overheat things, right? That's a very viable solution. I mean, that's the name. Or you could just load it up with small lasers, which is what I did. And so you have, I think it's eight small lasers that you can put on that, plus two medium lasers, and Mm -hmm. you. You really only use the medium lasers to harass because you'll overheat if you fire all of that at once. So you get a, a mech that has the heat cooling deal that has high piloting skill in it. So the overheat things lets you vent heat and then basically gives you another round of alpha strike. So you sprint it and then jump jet behind something and then backstab for 140 damage, which is enough to core most mechs. Yep. Right? And it's insane because it's a light mech and especially on those tonnage restriction missions it's like i guess we're gonna throw the fire starter in the mix and that's gonna be my fastest pilot's gonna be in the fire starter and hopefully dear god he doesn't die but that's the one that's my risk reward guy the the other way you could do this in and this actually works fairly you know for fairly well early on um is uh you can set up a uh, fire starter and instead of going fire or lasers, you could just load them up with machine, machine guns. guns. Machine guns are fun. And uh, if if you run it right up to the front of something and then uh, do a precision strike, uh, a precision strike alpha strike right in front of them, point at the head, even if you only have like a 3% chance to hit the head. Well, it's 3% per shot and mm-hmm. everyone shoots like 10 times. Right. And, and it's like 80 shots. You've got 80 fucking shots going towards the head. And uh, it's going to hit the head a couple times. So you're going to get injuries on the head. And if you can knock that mech down afterwards, it's done. You know, you've you've knocked the pilot out and you can salvage the mech. Yeah, there's a lot. of That's what I mean. Like, there's so many. And there's a lot of mechs. Now that they've released all the DLCs, the stock game actually has a shitload. Now, here's the other challenge, Rusty. If you continue to play this, the mod that you need to install is called Rogue Tech. Oh, that's I've already heard about. I've already Rogue Tech at it. is harder, but Rogue Tech adds about a hundred more weapons from BattleTech lore and about another fifty mechs, including variants of the existing ones. Yeah, I, I've it doesn't. Already. It adds additional add-ons for some of the stuff like like more experimental heat sinks different types of lasers and things like that. And right. it, new animations for all of it. There was like a, the best Rogue Tech run I had. I can't remember the name of the mech, but it was basically like the tractor mech is what I started off with in career mode because you get four random mechs, right? Right. And it's based on what faction you choose is what you get. And so I picked uh, RimWorld or whatever, right? Right. And it basically, it had rifle. A rifle is what it had. So it was... A walking trash can with a rifle was one of my starter mechs. <laughs> and I can't remember the name of it, but that was essentially what it was. It had, it's the equivalent of like a a lower range AC2 was the rifle. Oh, wow. It, but it was just, it was kind of funny yeah. to have that. And an I, was, a, an and I turned mech? It, yeah. And I turned it into a better mech so you can get Endosteel, which I actually think is in the base game. I'm not sure. Nope. Endo steel is uh, is definitely a mod thing. Now there's so the endo steel basically gives you free tonnage to add more stuff mm-hmm. because it reduces the weight of the overall mech. It makes it a little bit less armored, but then gives you like another five tons to add shit to it, right? Which makes a huge difference. 
Yes. And it makes it faster. So that's what I did with it as I added endo steel, I think, which gave me five tons. And then I, if I can't, if I remember right, I, I basically went from having a rifle to an AC 10. And that's a pretty big difference. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> right. And so like the AC 10 plus like a large laser. And so for a little while it was a light mech with like a large ballistic gun and a large laser and could. You, you, you made it into a better urban mech is what you did. Yeah. Because it had way better range and yeah. evasion and all that shit. Yeah. It's, but yeah, Rogue Tech, if it still works, that's the one thing I couldn't figure out from looking at it because I almost installed it again. I think I think what I'm going to end up doing instead of Rogue Tech because Rogue Tech is built to be harder and stuff. You know, and there's a lot of options you can change so it's not as bad, like the amount of mechs you have to get before you can get salvage. Right. If they have weapons on them or not, which I'm actually playing on, they don't come kitted with anything when you get them. Yeah, you have to actually kit it. They're yourself. empty husks. Right. The um, and I've got it on. You got to get seven. I was looking at a mod that was uh, the Commander's Edition, which is just a continuation of the timeline, uh, and it allows for, you know, basically real time to change, you know, as as you go along. Certain certain mechs will come into and out of production, so you'll start to see different mechs based off of their production line, and older mechs will become rarer. Uh, as time goes on, because they're no longer being produced, uh, newer weapons will go on as the timeline progresses. Uh, and, and they've done some really, really cool mods for this game as far as like trying to make, you know, trying to well, make the, it continue. Most of them are very lore friendly, too, because I think the people that are fans of this stuff are older. Right. And really like the tabletop. And I think a lot of the people that have dug into the modding community are just really want something that expands on that. Right. And they've just done a really good job. The only bad thing about Battletech is it is a very shittily optimized game. Yeah, it's really terrible. Um, the, if there was if there was anything I wish that they would have done is... is just, just done it in Unreal or something? Well, I mean, they're using Unity, but Unity is actually, you know... Is, for, for this is a bad idea from what I hear. It's It's not optimized for games with lists. It's optimized for, you know, for you know, for different uh, a different style of game. But anything that has large inventory lists and things like that, you know, Unity kind of sucks for it. Because um, it wants to sort the lists every time you, you know, add to it. So Yeah, like a trick to this game to keep it loading fast is to delete like more than 10 saves. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing. You have to go through, go through your save list and delete everything up to like maybe you know, six or seven saves back. And I mean, honestly, you don't really need that. The other thing that you can do to, uh, to help the load times is to clear out your inventory, sell off stuff that you don't use. Uh, that also means that I'm like, Oh, well, fuck, I needed that small laser after, you know, after a while, you know, like, Oh fuck, I'm going to have to go buy a small laser someplace or something like that. Right. Uh, but if you have less stuff in your inventory, which kind of defeats the purpose of Pokemac, right? Because you have like parts of mechs all over the place. Um, is it's you're you're ha- gonna have a performance dip later on in the game because you've got way more shit. It's know. just a weird issue for it to have. If but if, I will say, like overall, like if you want to go super mod like, and I was showing these guys, there's a mod called Reshade that works with a ton of games. 
which also happens to work with Battletech. And there are mods on the Nexus page that gives you preset shaders. I Those aren't bad, but like I actually wanted to dick around with it. And I spent about 30 minutes one day configuring a lot of the different options until I found something I liked. Right. And it just upped the clarity on it. It made the colors pop a little bit more. Yep. And then run it at a high resolution, and it looks pretty decent. Yeah. It's... It's not a bad looking game, and it's it. I just wish that it was. It I wish that it had been built with better bones. Is basically yeah. Like like I said, like if they could have built that in like Unreal Four or something like that, like that game could have been probably more easily moddable. BattleTech Two, man. That's I'm just like I would. Hairbrain schemes like after seeing some of these mods should seriously consider it. Well. Hairbrain schemes. I was looking around, and there was a news story. I I forget where I saw it, but there was a news story, um, uh, either mid last year or beginning of this year, where Hairbrain schemes had said that they were doing two more, uh, games in the BattleTech universe. So there might be a BattleTech two, and if that is the thing, if that comes out, I'm all over it. Cause, oh yeah, like. It took me it took me what three years to get into this fucking game, but I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. Um, I mean, now that I'm full on in my second playthrough, I'm kind of absorbed in it now. Yeah, I've never I I never really gave it a chance at the beginning because I mean, it takes a lot to get into it. I'm gonna say that like, yeah. what you have to do is you have to push through a little bit. Just going to be honest, you have to push through the early game to kind of get it. Yeah. And once you start being able to kit these out, I mean, it's just that each mission, right, takes 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what you're playing. As, as soon as you get one heavy mech, I think that's where it is. Uh, like, that's the. That's I don't even line. think it's that far. I think, just like I was showing Jason, it's like I even had a, a medium, right? Like a Shadow Hawk with a melee mod mm. that's kicking ass. I've got a Shadow Hawk that's got SRMs and an LBX5 that's kicking ass. Yeah, my first heavy mech was an Orion. And, I mean, that's a I'm pretty... not a fan of the Orions, but Rusty's really... We were having a big <laughs> fight fight about it, and me and him <laughs> were swinging dicks back and forth about the qualities of an Orion. The, the Orion... Can... That's telling him it's a Warhammer's what he, where it's at. No, no, man. Warhammer's I, badass. I set up... I had my Orion, and then I immediately got a dragon afterwards. Uh, and then I had... Basically, the Orion and the and the dragon were, were you know... The Orion can have an AC-10 and LRMs. And I, and I had... The uh, dragon, I forget exactly what he, you know, what it was on, um, what what I had on it. It wasn't nearly as good, but basically, those two were set up to tank shit uh, for the medium and the light that I was running at the time, because um, I was running a Jenner for the longest fucking time as, as my scout. And Jenners, they're they're fucking good light mechs. Yeah, really good. They light can, mechs. and believe it or not, they can actually take some punishment. Well, I mean, the 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 secret with the Jenner is make sure that it can, can get like maximum fucking evasion pips every time it moves. Yeah, if you can get maximum evasion pips and just fucking get that fucker to run, it's you know you have you know it it has to be focused down at that point to be able to be killed. Um, 
So, and it would run around and use its uh, medium laser output to just backstab shit, you know, and that was what I was using my Jenner for is just run around, backstab shit, run away, you know, and, um, I just need a toss cannon. <laughs> That's all I need. Uh, yeah. Just all you need to do, Jason, is like I showed you the filter. Look for a lost tech world and start fighting there. And see oh no, can... I'm earning money to get one right now. Oh, um, yeah. We're recording and I'm playing. Uh, are you? Oh, you are. You fucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it'd run on the surface. Well, um, it's not. It, oh, he's playing remote play. Are you playing remote play at home through the Wi-Fi? Yes. He's a dick. <laughs> He's like, uh, it's not. I can deal with the latency if I've got a powerful machine on the other end, right? <laughs> it's, That's it's true. A I mean, it's a turn-based game. You can do that. Well, and I've got a Nighthawk router with a with a uh, damn good uh, VPN throughput, so it allows the streaming. You just need to progress, dude. Really well. You just need to progress. Man, get through some of the story missions, man. That I'm I'm just I'm telling you, get through the story missions. I look over I'm looking over here and he doesn't have the Argo. Uh nope. so Damn, get, yeah. You need <laughs> that's that's locking you down right now, Jason. You need to get, get through the, Argo. the all you need you need to get through the missions to get the next um dropship. So if you keep doing story missions, you'll get to the next part of the dropship, and that actually unlocks things. For your mechs, like faster kitting, um, faster healing for your people, more morale boosts, which are all important for the rest of the game. Right. Yeah. You 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 need to. So progress. I need to play some more priority missions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like probably two or three. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you should have like a literally two mission. or three at this point. Where's your priority? Oh, I do. Oh, he's up to first strike. Like seriously, you have. You have you you need to continue. He spent Pokematic making a little too hard. Yeah, you need to I, continue the the story missions, dude. I've I've been I've been running contracts, and yeah, making I mean, money and then spending it. Well, you know. the the story missions in this game they pay out like millions of C bills. So if you're struggling to keep you know keep the you know the boat afloat as far as financials are concerned, those story missions give you a nice little boon. Uh, and then eventually you will end up getting, you know, uh, getting access to more and more heavier, you know, heavier weapons and heavier, heavier gun, pain. heavier mechs. Yeah. Yeah. But you just need to progress is all. I'm literally looking to see if there's more news about what's going on. Oh, for the, uh, for, for Battletech, if there's anything new coming up for him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Hairbrained is looking for another Unity developer right now. Yeah, there's, I mean, it it hasn't ever been haven't hasn't been announced. Um, outside of the fact that they've got two more ideas going on for, uh, for these kinds of games. Um, so if a BattleTech two does happen, I mean, we're we're gonna be over. It. You know, we're all over. All all of us will be all over it right now. Oh yeah. Um, but this kind of means that I'm. I'm in a turn-based, you know, uh, a turn-based game mode at the moment, uh, which means if I do get through BattleTech's uh, campaign, I might not continue um, right away. 
I'm because campaign mode basically starts you off at scratch anyway. So I would have to start through the the light medium phases again, and those arguably are the toughest parts of the game. Um, so I was like, I thought maybe I will go to Wasteland Three and play that uh, because I bounced off that pretty hard because I wasn't in that mindset. Now I am. Maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. So yeah, this is how I go. This is, I get different flavors and I like go hard on those flavors. Right. And then I switch flavors and it seems like that shit happens at a random point. So speaking <laughs> of that, um, I ended up switching gears again, having a little bit of a, I guess a case of the sads this week. I ended up like having a hard time getting started. So me and Rusty played a little bit more Deep Rock, which was fun. We played a little bit more Vermintide, which is super fun, which I plan on playing a little bit more this weekend. Um, And then out of the blue the other day, I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to play some more Wasteland 3. Yeah. After it's had a billion patches. And that game runs way better now. A. Good. um, And B. Um. I really enjoyed playing it, and I've already made one major decision way different than I have before to give me a different outcome in the story. And now that I've played it a couple times, right, like I have a better idea of what some of those consequences were the last time. So now I will say that I turned against Colorado Springs. So that was that was my first major decision. Uh, the other thing that I've, I'm playing it on is on the, not the hardest difficulty, but the second one down, mm-hmm. which is making me... I'm not finding healing kits as often. My characters are taking more damage. They're getting crit a lot more often. So it's making me use a lot more of the extra goodies that I'm getting. And it's making me buy mods and things like that and strip weapons for mods. And so I'm focusing more on the meta game than I was before. And that is more fun. I've had people flat out die in combat. But my the character that's me, right, that I modeled after me is the medic slash small arms guy slash leadership. So he's got... The lowest skill is small arms. The next lowest skill is um, leadership. And then the next, the highest skill is first aid. So he gets extra, extra point or extra action points if somebody goes down in battle and he overheals them to give like a 25% health boost by healing them. So it's kind of like having a priest on the team essentially. Right. But um, that being said, like obviously you guys in the game, Rusty, you've changed classes. So. Jason is the heavy class, and you are the assault class. Yes. Um, so I'm normally the heavy because, well, I'm normally the heavy, and Jason's normally a sniper yeah. of some sort. And no, Jess is the sniper this time. Okay. Well, because I wanted to keep her in the back so she wouldn't die. Ah, gotcha. Makes sense. Um. So, yeah, I kitted you guys out, and I'm doing some things I didn't do before. Like, if you don't know, in the game you can actually come up with um like outfits for your character so you can hide your armor so you can see what they're wearing so i've been buying some of the outfits in the different stores and looking for them so that i can kit people out in a different way to make them look different or goofy or whatever yeah i am you're not putting me in the clown suit are you no i didn't make you short like you can make somebody micro (laughs) and there's actually a class for clown right that it gives you some specific perks um, but yeah, you can make a little mini clown if you really want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's just like a little mini clown running around with an assault rifle. <laughs> it's like, ee. 
Yeah. But <laughs> the like overall, um having a blast. Um I do like run it in four K. It's not a bad looking game. It's about the same as Battletech when it comes to it's a little better looking. It's a be- it's better looking. Battletech's kinda rough. Um but I, that's why I wish I, it would come out uh, like a new There's kind of similar games, but different enough. Like uh, Wasteland is very story-based. Right. And so I do like that aspect of it, as you can RP on it quite heavy if you want to. Um, and, I, and I am. I'm, I'm going the path of uh, anti-patriarch this time to see what kind of different outcomes I get. Okay. Yeah. Which means that. Everybody goes to jail, goes to my jail, instead of going to the Colorado Springs jail and making some drastically different choices in the game. So, like, I've got a mission that unlocked that I hadn't done before at all, um, which was kind of interesting. And then I think I'll get some different support characters because of these decisions. Yeah. I haven't gotten past the first part of it. Cool thing. Just like XCOM, right? Like, you can create your friends, which is basically what I did. Um, you create three additional rangers, and then you get two slots for um, NPCs that can join your party. Right. And so m- the best thing I can always think of for that is to, again, create your friends and then spread your class out a lot. So the basics are you need a sniper. You always need a sniper on every team. You need an assault, which is somebody that uses assault weapons, so SMGs and assault rifles. You need a medic. Um, in every version of the game, except for the actual easiest version of that game. Um, and you need somebody that's a pistol wielding son of a bitch. Pistols do really good crit damage, and they use very little action points, which means you can fire multiple times a turn. And when you get maxed out with somebody who has pistols, like you're firing like six times, whereas like your sniper fires once, right? So the sniper's good for taking down beefy targets, right? Right. But the gunslingers, what I call them, the, the pistols, you kit them out with two pistols because they run out of ammo on one and you just switch to the next pistol and run out of ammo on that one. Um, but they've got a lot of cool perks and there's just a lot of cool systems in that game. Yeah. I, I it's, a, it's, again, I, one of my favorite games of all time at this point. Um, I just need to, I just need to get into it. That's the thing. I bounced off of it because I have you, indecision. Maybe playing right after Battletech's not the thing to do because it's another turn-based game. Maybe I don't know. Um, but it, it plays a it plays a lot different. Like facing's not a thing. Covers more of a thing. Right. And um, I think Battletech clicked with me because it didn't have like it didn't doesn't have people. It's very unfeeling. And I am an unfeeling bastard when it comes to this type of stuff. So that might be the thing. Uh, I didn't get into Wasteland because it makes you want to actually care about the characters. And I'm like, I really don't. So, um, so yeah. Uh, I Again, Rusty, I know I that I don't know what happened. Machine. But, again, I started off with a sniper and had enough ammo to get through the intro. I did not. I got, I started off with a fucking sniper and I'm like before the last, uh, before the last battle of the, uh, of the intro, I was out of fucking sniper ammo. How long ago did you play this? It was a, it was a, uh, not long after it came out, actually. I bought it. It's had like four solid patches since then. Okay. That might've been the difference, but my sniper obviously didn't run out of ammo. Like I still had. Probably 10 shots when I finished that battle. And I was playing it on normal. Uh, like, I didn't change the difficulty setting. It was just whatever I, it was on on normal. But I found that it just didn't have enough ammo for, you know, at the beginning of the game. Um, 
I kept running out of ammo for just about everything. Just uh, just get a small arms guy and a guy with an assault rifle to start off because you'll be able to create somebody with a sniper rifle afterwards if you want. And that's, if you're paranoid about that, but I didn't have an issue. I specifically played with it was me and Jess at a start because it starts you off with two characters, right? And I was like, most needed characters right now is somebody with first aid and somebody with a crack. Sh- I need a crack shot, right? And the sniper gets really fucking powerful. There's a skill called a uh, a quirk, I think, called sadomasochist that gives you two free action two free action points. I think yeah for every kill you do for every turn, right? So which also pairs really well with small arms. So an a pistol oiling person, I didn't get it for my medic because it re- that decays afterwards if you don't get kills. Right. But um, if I was to build somebody with straight gunslinger, you get that skill and then you continue to have additional, it basically gives you another shot. Right. With a pistol with only two AP cost. Right. That's, which that's is pretty sweet. When I, I keep going back to what I did with, uh, uh, with, the original wasteland and I did have a sniper. It was Jason because Jason always ends up as the sniper. We, I don't even know why, Um but he always was, ends up with a cowboy hat in my games. It, it, and that's another thing. That, he always ends true. up with a cowboy hat and he always is the sniper. <clears throat> I have no reason. If I could it. find aviators that's because too. Until, uh, until the kids moved in and I pretty much had to box all my hats. <laughs> that's all I wore. And yeah, it it was for just, the longest time. It it was just like that's just his. He's typecast as that, and I'm always typecast as the heavy walking around with a fucking you know minigun or some you know something like that. That's just the way that this works. And then you're normally the assault. Like Justin is normally an assault character or a you know, like a shotgunner. Where he just well, my character does have a like... shotgun, but he's a medic, so he's an assault medic, so to speak. But I'm foc- the leadership perks give you additional chance to hit, yeah, which is pretty good, and then it also gives me additional chance to crit heal. So for me, like you can crit heal just like you can in WoW, and that's kind of a big deal, right? Like right. You, you're going to get these like things that are like lawn darts later, where you can throw these darts <laughs> at people and heal them. <laughs> Um, and I want hold, those to crit heal. Hold still, I'm gonna throw a long dart at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a long dart with like you know healing medicine. And that's you know that's the thing. Like I'm I'm looking at all these class based games like you know XCOM and whatnot, right? Uh, and it's just the way that the tilt cast has always been set up is we've all had yeah, our uh, if I can find thing. a game where I can create my friends in it. Um, that automatically wins for me from my interest level. Right. Like if I could even play like an RPG, like a Dragon Age, and instead of having stock characters with their own stories, it gave me generic people. Right. That I could customize. I'd probably turn them into people from the show. And that's and and that would be the. I mean, like, the typecasts stay the same throughout the games too. So for for us, I mean, or for me, uh, if I had like four people. Uh, Trent would be the next person that you know that ends up in the team, and Trent's normally the mad scientist, uh, so he's normally the person with energy weapons or uses fucking like chemical grenades or some you know something weird like that. Like he would be the, the always... weird guy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other class based games that are not quite so. XCOM Two is definitely the next one 
Xenonauts 2 is coming out this year, which I'm pretty interested in, which is like kind of like classic XCOM. Um, Mordheim is good, but really fucking hard. I almost installed that, but I was like, I'm going to try Wasteland again. And I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know much else. Like, I think Dragon's Dogma lets you create your own, what do they call them, pawns? Yeah. Um, but that's a super grindy game. It's, from what I've heard now at this point, like, the Dark Arisen and everything else, like, it is super. That's that's coming out for Switch. There's a, a, a Dragon's Dogma game coming out for Switch, I heard. You usually can find it on sale on PC for super cheap. Um, yeah, but, I mean, if you haven't played it and you've got a Switch, I mean, that makes Dragon's Dogma is a really fucking solid game. Yeah. Like, I never find... I got all the way to the last boss on my first playthrough, and then I haven't really touched it much since. But I got it on PC. That's yeah. another game that I could play. It's It's weird, because we're in a spot right now where there's not a lot releasing. I know that Hitman came out, but I just have zero interest in Hitman because I am the odd man out with Hitman where I liked the the one that came out right before this. Was it, uh, what was that called? Absolution? Yeah. I liked Absolution because I thought it was corny as shit. Um, and I liked all the different outfits and that every setting was different and it wasn't set up in a, like there was challenges for each of the missions. So to set up in a progression to go through a lot of different levels, like, say, 10 or 15, whereas the new Hitman is like, we're going to have these five levels and you're going to complete different challenges in these five levels over and over and over and over again. Right. And that's the part that turns me off. So I didn't even pick up Hitman 3. Yeah, I I didn't. You know, I'm not I'm not big on the Hitman games. My my last one was that I really got into was uh, Blood Money, I think it was. That was funny, solid as shit. But like way back in the day, <laughs> yeah, I liked. I'm the weird one, and I liked Absolution the best because I don't like replaying levels over and over again. Even though I like roguelikes, yeah, but roguelikes are different every time you play them. Yeah, I'm a if if I play another game, what I'm oh, you you're playing with the dog now. Um, the uh, uh, the the game that I'm thinking about picking up is the one that's kind of exploding at the moment. Um, uh, Valheim. Valheim. I'm thinking maybe I uh, I pick that up and you know see what the hell that's all about because I know you played exp- it. But... I'm going to explain something about Valheim, and I am super close with my friend that's got a server set up. Here's something I think that's kind of important. So with the server, here's what I'm missing out on. I like playing with my friends and his kid and all that other stuff, but they play so much more than I do that they're way further on their progression than I am. So they're always catching me up and giving me stuff, right? Which means that I don't get to understand the progression as well. Right. So it's like, oh, here's a whole bunch of bronze. Make yourself some armor. Or, hey, we got a whole kit of, like, here's, like, all these, like, bronze weapons and everything else and all this superfood. And it's like, I don't know how to make any of that. Right. What I know you guys want to go explore this area, but then I just turns into me like, okay, well, I'm going to guard you while you mine. And, like, if I was only jumping on when somebody else was doing it and we were experiencing the progression together. I think I'd have a better time with it. And I want to jump in their game, but I also want to experience the progression for myself. And so that's holding me back from playing it right now. And that's a really weird place to be. It's the same problem that you had with me and Ark when I set up the Ark server. Because you would get so much further than me, and I'm just like, well, okay, well, give me things. Okay, I'm glad you got a freaking assault rifle. I don't even... I got far enough to create a bow and arrow. Right. I mean, I, I mean, there was times where i would build like a bunch of the fucking infrastructure i didn't necessarily give you things but it was always available uh and it just didn't feel like i earned anything right the um 
the the way that arc worked for you know for me and the way that I was doing it was I'd set up uh I'd set up the you know the mountain mine where you could go and get the you know the iron and everything uh and it was always basically stocked and ready to like forge shit right uh and then I had built I mean I keep going back to the last the last time I played arc which was the mountain mine and then I had the the coastal house or the coastal. Well, uh, you know what I suggest? Jurassic Park. I, called <laughs> I here's what I suggest. The best way in my head to play this is maybe start your own house and own area on your. It's you can take your character between servers. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, hey, I want some help with this boss. It's like, all right, let me get off my server, and then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to my hut so I'm not somewhere crazy and wake up somewhere crazy in the middle of the night. Um, but I'm going to log off, right. And then just jump in your game with my character and just load him up with stuff that he needs. And then you can supply me with some food or something. Right. But then I come kitted out with like my stuff. Right. And we go to town, some monsters together and have, a, cause you're in a spot that's kind of hard to do by yourself. And you're like, all right, well that helped me out a lot. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go jump back and build my house again on my server. And then I just jump off and do my own thing for a while. Yeah. But you know, it's. I kind of feel like that's something that would work better with that. But it's. We'll talk. I think a little bit more about this when we get into the news. But like, it's a. I didn't realize how small the team is. So this they've sold three million units now. Right. If we look at your Steam list, like likely a lot of your friends are already playing it. Right. Um. We look at our Steam list, and it's almost usually all solid Valheim at this point. Yep. Um. Because it's a crafting game that's survival light. That's kind of. Kind of like Zelda, it's like Skyrim Zelda. Well, I mean, with without all the story of Zelda, and I have, I have no. It's not experience it, with it. Right it doesn't now, really so. feel like. Dark, people were saying Dark Souls. Well, yeah, it's got a stamina bar and a dodge and a block and a parry, but it's not Dark Souls. No. Um. So it's nowhere near as hard as Dark Souls. In fact, I probably could have soloed both of the bosses, and I'm not being like I'm really good at gaming. No, but like just... in that type of game, I I'm pretty competent with that kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, suck at Sekiro, pretty fucking good at Dark Souls. So, if you're in that same like skill level for that type of game, like this, that part won't be hard. And it, it, it's more interesting to me to not watch a lot of videos and not figure out how everything works and discover how things work. I think that's like the most fun way to do that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and and I kind of want to. I'll probably end up playing it solo unless one of my Aussie friends says, "Hey, let's go." But um, well, there's only like five bosses in the game right now. So like, a big part of that game is like building a cool ass house, right? And then setting up what you can warp between areas. But the the cost to get the materials, especially early on, is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like. Here's another tip for Valheim, since you know we're talking about it now. If you you're gonna find a lot of structures that are like kind of busted up, yeah. And if you create a bed, you create a spawn point. So what you can do is set a bed in that busted up structure. If you're the only person on your server, you will sleep through the night. If you've got multiple people, if you sleep at the same time, then it'll pass time. Right. Which gives you a rest bonus. So you basically just like go way off and do stuff in this area and set up a fort. And it doesn't take a lot of materials to fix up a structure, which is what, but you're usually going to have to clear it out with, you know, of skeletons or whatever. Right. We've come up with really jank-ass looking, like, towers from, uh, like, we found a stone tower that we were using as a fort. 
that was just all boarded up essentially is what it looked like. It was a super jank ass base that we had going on with like a fireplace and everything else inside there. That was pretty fucking cool, honestly. Yeah. But um, that was our jank ass base. And then we finally put like a portal there so we could travel back and forth and you get full refund on stuff except for like, so like a, a torch can need something called Amber or Ember or something like that. I mm-hmm. think it's Amber. I don't know. Pitch essentially. And it won't refund the pitch, but it will refund all the wood you use to build the torch. So you can destroy the portal and rebuild it elsewhere and destroy the portal and rebuild it elsewhere. Just take the materials with you gotcha. to rebuild a portal so you can get back and forth from that area. Sweet. You, you just can't transport ore. So oh, okay. ore is really heavy. So you have to, you've got like a, a hand truck, basically, like a wagon you could mm-hmm. put it in. Um, or you can put it in a boat. Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> um, you know, Vikings. Yeah, um, the, the boat has like... <laughs> I mean, Vikings, yeah. Vikings. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the game overall is pretty fun. It's got a unique art style. It runs a little bit janky, but runs pretty good. It's a really feature complete early access game, though. It's not... I just needed... I, I, I was going to pick it up. I mean, it's like 20 bucks, right? So... um. I mean, if it's if it's exploding this much, there's got to be something to it. So I figured, well, I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a go for twenty. And uh, I mean, with a survival game, I mean, Ark didn't immediately catch me, but it, when, when it did catch me, I was like all into it. Like I fucking put the only f- hundreds of hours into that game. The, if you want to watch videos, the only thing that won't spoil things that I think is cool is like look up how to build a longhouse. Or something like that, so right. you can kind of see how structures work. I've I've seen I've seen videos of somebody you know doing uh, doing that, and it's it's actually not that different. Uh, well, the so it's kind of a combination of the arc building style and the building style from like Seven Days to Die, where it has the you know the you have to anchor stuff to yeah, the ground. You have to anchor stuff to the ground. Arc, you could do weird shit with that. Um, and you could, well, it still required you to anchor, anchor stuff at certain points. Like you could, uh, I, I remember having to do pilings underneath the, the house on the, uh, on the coast that I did an arc because I could only go like, I think it's like two squares out without having a piling. And I think it's kind of this, uh, I think it's kind of similar in uh, Valheim, but it's not the the structures in Valheim are more compact, like they're not as big as the big longhouse that I made. And uh, it know, would take a know. lot of materials to build something like that. So what you do, what I thought was really cool was I built a house on stilts, so to speak, because right. you don't. It takes a while before you get the materials for a hoe, which lets you like even out ground the land. Yeah. So you build. Just start off with a post and then build like a little four square around it and then build another post on that. And then you just kind of do that times, you know, like basically like a four by four house. I remember my straw huts from yeah. art. And then you basically just kind of expand out from that or you build that as your starter house because that's not where you're going to live. You want to live where all the cool shit is. So that's like your starter hut. And then you kind of expand out or you build start a new house mm-hmm. next to it and then eventually you just store your hut and then take all the stuff moving into the new house now the uh resource nodes do they respawn or 
Uh, you can plant trees at a certain point. Okay. But there are a lot of trees. The mining nodes, some of them respawn. So copper doesn't, but tin does. Okay. Uh, flint spawns in the streams. Okay. Um, eventually. But it takes a while. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Gotta limit your progression somehow, right? Yeah, it makes you explore. That's the thing. Right. And when it's dark outside, it's like really dark. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, you could have a torch out, but like you're going to see like five feet in a circle around you and then all these like really dark woods. And the one thing this does differently than a lot of games in the woods, and this is going to sound really trivial, but the wooded area is really thick. Like really, really thick. So like... And, and like being in a jungle it's thick and full of monsters yeah um and, and the trees will kill you if they fall on you yes the trees do damage to you <laughs> but yeah like it's a cool game i mean don't lie it's a pretty cool game yeah i i just figure you know that that might you get be the past next thing if you get to where you want to play something completely different than BattleTech, um super worth it i Valheim is a very solid early access game. Like, so far from what we've reviewed this year, mm -hmm. Dyson Sphere and Valheim are both super solid early access games. Yes. From what I can tell, at least from what you've talked about with Dyson Sphere. Das Dyson Sphere. But very different so animals. These are very different games. Yeah. Dyson Sphere hooked me real hard. And I thought about maybe even starting that back up. But I'm going to give that time to uh, to mature. Uh, and right now with the uh, Chinese holidays, because it is a Chinese company that's doing that, there isn't any updates. So there's no reason for me to continue that at the moment. Still a solid game, though. Um, yeah. I think, it's, uh, I think it's time for a break, man. Let's do a break, guys, and let's get back. All right. We'll be right back. back we've been talking battle tech for literally 20 minutes we, we didn't want to completely roll that through the episode it's obvious that we like playing it kind of nerding out to it you know showing them some of the other stuff that came with heavy metal which was one of the deals and uh, those builds were nuts i'm gonna have yeah. to get one <laughs> so yeah fuck I want to go play that game, please. So, that being said, there's a lot of, like, I want to say little bits of news, but there is actually news that's out right now. Dude. And BlizzCon's actually happening as we speak, so we don't have all of the skinny so far. Yeah. Because it's not out there. But there is something um, out there right now about Diablo 2 Remastered. Res resurrected. Diablo 2 Resurrected. Yeah. Um, with mod support, even. Go figure. Um, 4K mod support. I watched a trailer right before we jumped in here, and it's basically looks to me, from me looking at it on my phone, but right. it looks about like Diablo 3, but just Diablo 2's class system and story and everything else. Yeah, the the redone the textures and the models, because it's dated. You know, Diablo 2's old. 
Um, yeah, about 20 years old. It's fucking old. Uh, but the uh, they updated the textures to at least the Diablo 3 level, uh, which really helps the eyes, definitely. Uh, it still has... Uh, it still looks like it's still got the... Um, you know, the same movement system. I don't think they're going to change much about the gameplay because the whole point of Diablo 2's gameplay was that... It's kind of fast. Well, they... Most people who like Diablo say Diablo 2 was the best Diablo. You know, because Diablo 3 goes goes and does the whole, like, World of Warcraft, you know, style, you know, systems where uh, Diablo 2 had more of a skill tree that you could go through. There is a much further enhanced skill tree in two versus three. Three is very dumbed down. Three is very, very dumbed down. You've only got so many things that you can do with it. Uh, And then of course, once you get, you know, you get it right and you basically have a meta going, you don't have a whole lot of change to that. Whereas uh, Diablo two would change based off of what uh, what weapons you Yeah, It's like, necromancer or whirlwind barbarian is what i'm going for right now right yeah so it was which doctor was the closest thing i could kind of get to a necromancer well there was was there a necromancer class uh, um uh, not that i'm aware of then again it's been a while since i played diablo so don't quote me on uh yeah it's been a while for me too it's been at least four or five years since i've played it the diablo uh, no the uh, the necromancer was in diablo 3 but he was an npc that was like a, a random thing that would pop up on a, on a map uh you would help him uh basically well, let's destroy, just stop over ahead yeah destroy some ghosts or something like that and you get some rewards if i remember correctly but um, they're yeah. at a point right now where they're saying that Diablo 2 Resurrected is at 4K, 144 hertz, if you can go that high for PC and consoles with cross save. Yeah, so you can, you know, so you can do progression, you know, and they're going to do so you can play it on PC or you can pick it up on console and you can just, you know, continue your save. Yeah, Diablo 3 was, even though it was a dumbed down Diablo, it was a pretty fun ARPG, right? But. It was one of those, like, I ended up having it on Xbox and Xbox One and PC. And I played it across multiple platforms, you know, with whoever wanted to play with me, you know. So, you know, I probably not going to get it on console, but I'll certainly pick this up on PC. I'm, I'm going to wait to see if they give it the Warcraft 3 treatment first. Um, I'm, I want to see what they do with it. To be to be completely honest with you, if I was gonna play, you know, a ARPG, I would probably just can you know go back to playing Path of Exile, um, just because I believe that Path of Exile is kind of beating Blizzard at their own game. Uh, <laughs> to, to be completely honest with you, uh, there's way more options. Uh, in Path of Exile, with the characters that you could, you know, that you could play, even beats out Diablo 2's, you know, ability to kind of min-max and you know plan your character out. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that they're resurrecting Diablo 2. I mean, that's that's good. Uh, I just want to see what Diablo 4 has to, you know. Diablo 4, they've done some things with Diablo 4, and they've been making some promises. And there was a, a character trailer for uh, Diablo 4 that was released, uh, was it yesterday or today? I can't remember. 
Um, but it was uh, the Rogue that they uh, released, and it had improved uh, like movement skills. Like she could dash through uh, dash through shit, uh, and showed that you could ride horses in that game. Finally, you have mounts, um, which is probably going to be another moneymaker for for Blizzard. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, I really haven't forgiven Blizzard for what they've done, so I probably won't be resurrecting my Battle.net account <laughs> right. You know, right away, at least. Um, you know, yeah, I did. I did a little bit just for simple fact that um, I could play uh, Warzone yeah. on my PC. Yeah, but I'm I'm just not gonna you know I'm not gonna you know get into you know the whole Blizzard thing, but I still won't. I'm I'm still not resurrecting my Battle.net account. There's all the there's also the other thing with resurrecting my Battle.net account, and that is. That is one step away from reactivating a WoW account. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, uh, in, uh, in kind of intentionally forgot my password to the Battle.net account and I don't anticipate like ever recovering re- it. Re- if I, if I do recover it, it's, it's probably going to be for Diablo four. <clears throat> and that, and that's probably it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, BlizzCon's all great and all. Um, but, me and Blizzard, we're not on great terms right now. They don't care about me, but I do care about them, and I, <laughs> I fucking don't. I, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> so they used to be like the quality game, you know, you know, game developer, right? You know that and Bioware, and oh, how they mighty have fallen, right? Um. So yeah, there was a. It was, I mean, what are you looking for? Like, I'm looking for other information to look at other things. I mean, gotcha. there's the class system that's coming out for the new Diablo, and they've been announcing classes, and me and Rusty were speculating that that meant that that's probable for this year. Well, it's close. I don't think they've given a date for uh, for Diablo 4. Actually, it's been in development for a while, I'm, I'm sure. And... Uh, on the ARPG front, like I said, they've got uh, they've got to get past the Path of Exile hump. Like Path of Exile stepped in where there was a big hole uh, since Diablo 3's launch, and their uh, their um, expansion. Once uh, once those were done, and there was really nothing new outside of just like continual seasons for. Uh, for for that same content, uh, Path of Exile kind of stepped up and filled that gap, and they have done a pretty damn good job of you know making sure that there's always new content in that game. Um, it may only you know really last for a good like three months or so. There's a cycle uh, for Path of Exile, um, but they've done a really damn good job and they've got most of the ARPG plan, uh, player base right now. Uh, I would, I would wager anyway, considering it's a free to play game. The barrier to entry is pretty low, you know, uh, the only thing that you, 
have to get over as a player is there's so many options. So you have to like use a guide to get into the game. And then once you're into the game, then you can make your own builds. Yeah. But because of that, I, uh, Blizzard has an uphill battle versus them. I think uh, they have to win back a lot of the player base. <clears throat> so if they make a quality game, I'll play it. I'll find a way to get my Paddlenet password, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure I've got an authenticator someplace on one of my two dead phones. <laughs> if I go charge them up, I might get a get my authenticator uh, running for at least five minutes, and I'll be fine. <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about that's not Blizzard news, and I think we'll wait till after BlizzCon to talk more about it. I think just the Diablo thing is the thing we're most interested in. Yep. Um is there's a lot of NVIDIA buzz going on about cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah. Uh, so right now, what they're talking about is, I guess, I don't know. I haven't, I've skimmed these articles and haven't dug way deep into it, but they're talking about they have a way to have the hash rate on the 3060 you, to help change the amount of stock that they have on the 3060 yeah so there's <sighs> what it is basically is the 3060 will have a will have code built into it so that when it detects any crypto mining script it has the hash rate oh shit my fucking my screen protectors broke <laughs> anyway um i'm sitting i look at my fucking phone i'm like huh that's correct. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the so with the uh, uh, thirty sixty release, they're going to there. There's a uh, it's a combination of of what they're saying anyway. Driver V BIOS and silicon. There's some kind of secure handshake in between that will detect the Ethereum algorithm, and if it detects it it will have the hash rate of the silicon so that it's not as effective at, you know, hashing through, of, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the cryptocurrency, right? So that means that that's kind of a s software fix. I am going to say right now that it's probably just in software, which means that's, their way of trying to limit the usefulness of a gaming graphics card that has video outputs and get them into gamers' hands. Yep. Okay. And this is coinciding with them releasing a cryptocurrency card yeah. built specifically for crypto mining. So that is probably the bigger story here because... Honestly, when it comes down to it, if you're gaming on a 3060, um, you're not going to notice any difference as far as how the games work because it's not going to trigger that limiter, right? Yeah. Um, it does prevent people from buying a 3060 and then using the downtime between playing games to run cryptocurrency mining like small scale on their, uh, you know, on their machine while they're at work or something, right? Uh, which some people do, which kind of sucks because 
if you want to use your graphics card to do that, you should have the ability to do that, right? And you shouldn't have a company telling you, no, you can't do that with your hardware, right? It's technically able to do that. They're putting a limit on it, right? And that is just, they're spinning this as a way to get gamer cards into gamer hands instead of it going into a, 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 a farm. <clears throat> so that's bad. The way I'm looking at it is that's bad. Even as a, uh, as a person that was you know, recently fighting to get a graphics card, anytime that a company limits the usefulness of a product that you, you have options for, you purchased it, you have options, if they limit the usefulness of that product, it is bad for the consumer. It's probably good for the short term of just getting cards into gamers' hands because that's a big fight right now. But long term, bad usefulness. Because if I wanted to mine on that card, if I was picking up a 3060, if I wanted mine, I'd be pissed. Right? Right. Especially for small scale. Now, moving to the you know, to the next point that you made, NVIDIA is making specifically gra- you know, a, uh, a cryptocurrency mining uh, non-video output GPU, which is... You know what they're saying is that it's optimized for cryptocurrency. There's like four different models. Uh, th- importantly, the there's the only the top model is using Ampere technology, which is the three thousand series you know uh, technology. The uh, the other three are using Turing, which is you know the last gen technology. So what they're saying is that by using the Turing technology and only the lower bend uh, Ampere technology, that's not going to limit the amount of graphics cards that get into gamer hands. That get produced for gamers, yeah. So it's not going to basically take stock away from what would normally go into a gaming graphics card. Uh, And, you know, they're just finding uses for it. This is their, this is their marketing spend for it, right? Um, The, the reality here is is was really actually captured by Linus today. Uh, I watched a video from of uh, you know from Linus Tech Tips, and he 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 basically hit the nail on the head uh, by creating a uh, by creating this kind of card. They you know it is not helping the consumer. It's not helping the environment, and is one hundred percent looking at. NVIDIA's bottom line, because when it comes down to it, those cards are only like single use styles, you know, cards. Yeah. Okay. Those cards are only going to be useful until crypto crashes. And then once crypto crashes, those cards are literally useless. You can't use them for anything else. They have no video outputs. They're not using the current technology. They're not binned properly for, you know, for, gaming loads they're uh probably down vaulted to help with their efficiency uh and once crypto dies those cards are literally going to go to the trash bin they're going to go into a landfill or e-waste you know you know a best case scenario e-waste recycling you know but even if it goes into e-waste recycling they don't get a whole lot out of that type of you know that type of tech you know there's only so many 
rare earths, uh, metals that you can actually get out of those uh, once uh, once everything's out of out of there. And then it, the rest of it just gets mulched and put into a landfill. So that means that we're not going to see, uh, you know, gaming graphics cards one or two years down the line when crypto crashes on the secondhand market. We're not going to see that if this takes hold because, I mean, those cards won't exist. Those cards will be the crypto mining cards and they'll end up in the landfill. We won't have a, a, a booming secondary market for it, which helps NVIDIA because that means that if somebody wants a new graphics card, they're not going to buy it from the secondary market. They're going to buy it directly as a, as a brand new product from NVIDIA. That's, that's their thinking. So by, by doing these, you know, these crypto cards is another short term PR move, trying to get gamer cards into gamer hands in the stock shortage that's currently happening. Yeah. But in the long term, that's going to hurt the secondary market. It's going to hurt people who are looking for budget cards. It's going to hurt uh, the environment because there's a lot more e-waste going in uh, into this now. Um, and it's, you know, and it's looking like NVIDIA learned their lesson from the last crypto boom. Uh, you know, back in the 10,000 series, you know, the, the, like the 1080 series cards when the crypto, you know, when crypto started going nuts. Yep. Uh, the first time with Bitcoin, uh, you know, like the 1080s were actually the card to get to, you know, you know, to do Bitcoin mining on. Well, later on, you know, those cards ended up on the secondary market as soon as, the boom, you know, the boom busted. And that meant that the 20,000, you know, the 2000 series cards were really short set, you know, you know, really bad sellers for NVIDIA because they were only a marginal increase over the 1080, you know, for instance, which you could get on the secondary market for cheap. So they didn't sell any 2000 series cards. <laughs> and then when the you know, 3000 series cards, of course, we know the stock shortages are happening. So that is, that is a big thing. NVIDIA took a big hit because the secondary market essentially invalidated their 2000 series launch. And it was only the you know enthusiasts that were picking up 2000 series cards. Otherwise, you could save hundreds of dollars buying a 1080 on the used market. Yeah. So, it's really it really sucks. I mean, from from a gamer standpoint, from a PC, you know, from a PC gamer standpoint, this is it on paper at face value looks like a good idea, but over the long term, the reality here is, is that it is actually just NVIDIA watching their bottom line and it's going to really, you know, really hurt the ability for anybody to pick up any deals on the secondary market later on. Yeah. And it just continues to be a problem right now with building PCs and we're pretty avid PC gamers and, there is no special treatment that we got to get where we at. Nope. Uh, this is a lot of hard work and uh, years of build for me. Yep. Years of build for Jason. <laughs> right. A decade of build for Jason. And it was, 
you know, and uh, the three thousand series cards was a constant fucking fight for as long as we were, you know, we it were was for it. maddening. I am so glad I'm done with that. Right, and and, and that's just that's just the nature of the shortage. Now shortages are temporary. I mean, these things, you know, these chips will become available. It just takes time. Right. And right now the world's kind of sucking right now because of a fucking worldwide pandemic, but that too will pass. So we will end up getting new cards eventually. People are chomping at the bit for him right now, but give it some time and it'll normalize the, uh, you know, the way that this announcement feels like to me is, well, this, you know, this pandemic and this shortage are happening at the same time as a crypto boom and NVIDIA is trying to segregate, you know, to uh, separate their markets and profit from both sides. And if, if it's allowed, I mean, if, if crypto guys, you know, are really looking to get cards, they're going to go and get those crypto cards and it's going to be a bad time for everybody involved. You know, it sucks. I mean, I hate the fact that, you know, that crypto takes over GPUs, but I would much rather have gaming GPUs in a crypto mining, you know, situation and then have those become usable products on the used market later on rather than have single-use silicon solutions. Yeah. So. Something that Jason will be really interested in is uh, Division 2 is releasing additional content in 2021. Ooh. So, the last update was supposed to be the last major update, um, but they said, thanks for your continued support. We're now in the early stages of development for fresh content and release and later in 2021. Well, it's too early to go into more details today. You won't have to wait too long as we will share more as soon as we can. And that's from the official dev team as of February 21st. Well, shitballs. Look at that. Now that's, that's pretty good. That is as of the last five minutes. Well, <laughs> wow. I mean, Hot off the presses right there. Uh, you can count on me to be skimming things as we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, we can thank Twitter for basically, I will say, the reason is is because Tiltcast is subscribed to basically nothing but people that follow Tiltcast and gaming things. Right. That's all I see on the updates. There you go. Well, we get we get all the, we, we get all the stuff. Um, there's, is there anything else? I mean, there was a Nintendo Direct, but of course, Nintendo Directs are something that you're going to want to, like, if you're into Nintendo, you just watch the Nintendo Direct because it's generally like an information dump. Uh, There's a lot of shit to wade through for uh, for it. Um, Just some top-level stuff. They're adding more uh, more fighters to, uh, you know, to Smash. Uh, They're doing a new Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, uh, Sword HD update for Switch. So if you didn't play Skyward Sword on the uh, the Wii consoles, you can pick it up on the Switch and it'll have updated motion tracking so that you can still swing your arms wildly while playing that game, I guess. Um, and of course there's there's multiple other things that they've uh, that they've 
thrown into that. So take a look into it because the Nintendo Directs are always fun for Nintendo fans. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's that, that, and what was the other thing I, I saw? Oh, No Man's Sky got a command, uh, uh, an update as well. Um, oh, for pets. Yep. You now can do companions and you can find a creature that you like on a planet. You can kind of tame it and it will follow you around and do things for you. Um, I guess that is, uh, I, I haven't played No Man's Sky since mid last year. Uh, but the fact that they're continually doing little updates like this, I mean, totally free, right? That was kind of the, the thing with No Man's Sky is they're going to update things for free because, well, they didn't have the greatest start. Uh, but they are continuing to do that. And that is, I mean, if you like that game, it gives you a, a reason to, you know, go back to it, I guess. Um, so that I'm, 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 I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I think we'll have more to talk about next week from, uh, LizCon. If <laughs> we've seen all of it, because, you know, we're recording on the weekend, but we will be recording again on Saturday. That's going to be the new recording day and yep. aim to have it up by Mondays at yep. some point. Yep. So we're working on it. Yep. Be looking forward, uh, to possible bumpers and advertisement and things as we just start to, uh, get a little bit more, uh, professional. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Shout out. It's national pets day. So pet your pets because pets, pet your, uh, pet your pets because pets love pets. Pets love pets. <laughs> and with that, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash TheRealTiltCast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Like and love us. Um, I'm going to throw a call out to just what I would like you guys to do. If you could, um, we do want to take this to the next level, so tell your friends about the show. Sure. Um, Help us spread some love. If you get the time, we'd really love to see even just a like or subscribe type thing on iTunes or Spotify. Um, but more so than that, um, find some friends of the show. We've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got Picking Up the Pixels, NoQuarters.net, um, BMFCast.com, Bad Motherfuckers, and TVGP. They do amazing things, and they like turn-based games. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.